Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I mean, what's that football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. Hey, as a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going team by team. I would be very careful about slinging stuff. Am I going to get sued? Is that legal on this? I like football, like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Pelzola, Sam Monson, live here on YouTube for our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, Sam. Yeah, or Santa and his elf. And Santa. His giant elf. This might be an odd episode if you're merely listening yeah. and not watching. A lot of it isn't going to come across if you're just listening. It's not, especially when we open presents for, for each other. That too, yeah. Uh, this beard is not going to stay on for the entire show. For you have to. Reasons. you got to grind it out, man. Now, there are several reasons why that's not going to happen. Number one, it's very difficult to talk with it on because the mouth hole doesn't line up with your mouth. <laughs> that's uh, important. Number two, it is incredibly hot in this thing. So, and, and number three, whatever they've treated it with from a chemical perspective stinks like awful smell really <laughs> and it was brand new in the packaging it's not a used you know santa yeah. beard so you know it's on here for comic effect and then it's coming off pretty quickly yeah you can take your beard off that's fine i mean yeah. i'm sitting here in tights no big deal yeah, yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna don't, grind it out don't take those off. i will not right. uh, but yeah we're here for our, our uh, christmas episode we're go- we'll have some fun we'll uh all right give some christmas presents to football teams yeah answer the mailbag or the um Santa's mailbag. We'll there you go. Today. That is sack. And a Santa's sack. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, what? Oh, man. It's been a sack off all year. <laughs> you know? Giants, Commanders, Panthers. Just a big sack off. Yeah. On that and off, now it's the, Santa's. On those offenses. The biggest sack of them all. Yeah. Maybe fewer sacks is what will gift <laughs> the Panthers, Giants. <laughs> or the listeners. And the Commanders. Yeah. Or the listeners. Um, and then we'll answer. Yeah. So we did a uh, mailbag. We'll give some gifts. And then we'll give gifts to each other. And, um, you know, maybe some other people around the building. Here. Yeah, yeah. We got right. gifts for people. Now, we're going to, I think we should stagger those out, right? So that for the thousands of people, millions of people, obviously, millions. listening, they don't just hear like 15 minute of present opening, which I don't imagine would no, make No, we'll, make, we'll make break it up. Audio. We'll do the presents in the middle somewhere. Um, but first, let's make uh, the announcement that you hinted at on Monday. Oh, yeah. Um, did, you, did you throw that out there yesterday? I did, yeah, I did. Weren't able to put it out on Monday because apparently that was against the rules and the thing hadn't opened yet. But we are officially a finalist for the sports uh, podcast awards. We are a finalist for the Best American Football Podcast, and we need you to vote because this is a voting thing. We're up against some pretty big hitters, including, uh, you know, friendly rivalry over there with, uh, uh, what are they called? Around the NFL. That's it. Uh, We need to beat them because they're bigger than we are. We're going to put a freeze on mentioning our friend Greg with two G's from right. around the NFL. So until this competition is over. Along with everybody else on this list. Yeah. Cover three football. Um, Fred Bud Elliott is uh, part of that show. Mr. Uh, Richard Eisen. Rich Eisen is on there. Uh-huh. Oh, man. When we see him at the PFF party in Indy next time. We'll lock him in the bathroom this time. Don't yeah. let him out. Uh, <laughs> we've got a couple teenagers in there. Yeah. That are uh, competing with us. Better right. not lose to those guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, go we need your help. Answer. We need you to go vote for us. Um, the link will be in the description of the show. It's also my pinned tweet. <laughs> we will make it available as we can. Go and vote for us. Uh, it would be awesome to become an official award-winning podcast as opposed to just something self-proclaimed award-winning podcast. The chat is also agreeing that you look more like a, closer to a bad Santa than a, look, you know. This, the costume is the costume. I just get in it and dress up like an idiot. I can't be held responsible for the quality of the Santa beard. I can't. It's not my responsibility. I mean, it looks bad either way, which is funny, <laughs> which is great. I love that it's like a hoodie. Yeah, it's, well, it's a, it's a onesie. It's a onesie. Yeah. Santa onesie. That could be why. I mean, I did go I, when, when I went to get the beard this morning. 
uh, I did see like full Santa suit getups that frankly were better than the onesie, but yeah. I'd already committed to the onesie at that point. That's good. No, it's good. It's a good fit for you. And uh, so, yeah, people did want to mention, we should describe for our listeners and not viewers. If you are listening, I suggest you go to the PFF YouTube page and at least take a gander <laughs> at what's happening here. I'm dressed as Elf. Jake Thornton in the chat says, Steve looks like an elf. Sam looks like a Christmas-themed murderer with that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That was my, I was thinking you look like a, you know, I mean, he's not casting wrong. call for yeah. uh, Bad Santa is what it looks like. I don't want to be Billy Bob Thornton. I'm just saying you might be able to pull it off yeah. with this look. All yeah. right, we'll talk some football for a little bit, and then we'll get back to uh, more, more Christmas you than wearing, more Christmas you know, fun. Just you a some, regular outfit. Um, what am I reading here today? What's God going knows. on? I'm sure Fabric is thrilled to be associated <laughs> with um, <laughs> with Elf here today. Where are you? We can let, let's start with the mailbag, and then we'll get to our friends at Fabric. Oh, I, yeah, put me on the spot rather than you being on the no, spot. No, I'll do it. Right. As a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Well, Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. And Fabric has flexible policies to fit your family and your budget, like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash pffnfl. That's meetfabric.com slash pffnfl. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash pffnfl. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting health questions. All right. You get some mailbag, Sam? Yeah. From uh, fresh, <laughs> fresh out of Santa's sack. Um, <laughs> let me see. Where are we going? I have a few yes. of these. Uh, okay. This one just is just short, sweet, and kind of funny. Ken Horner emails in. Hi, guys. After talking about Dan O, you both mentioned that you would go on one of the shouty shows and enjoy the paycheck that goes with it. Well, what if you get your chance? You can't just go on as is. You need a shtick. What would yours be? What would your shtick be on the shouty show? You're going to go on as Elf? I don't think you can have... That's oh. not a... Oh, it's not year-round? No. Maybe at least once a year. December, you could go on as Elf. That'd Anything be before that, that would just be weird. What would my shtick be on the shouty shows? Yeah. I would be... Um... I'd be like voice of reason guy. I would try to take my current persona here. <laughs> Your shtick is just bringing rational like, yeah, logic Yeah, and I would just debate. go over the... So like when you listen to Emmanuel Acho, yeah. uh, for instance, it's, it's almost like, like if Caleb Williams throws a 50-yard touchdown, everyone's like, Caleb Williams, you're amazing. That's great. And, and, and it's going through Acho's brain. He's like, how can I do the opposite? Well, he's just a contrarian. Yeah, how can I do the... How can I be contrarian here? Yeah. And he'll tell you, Caleb Williams, this is, uh, you know, this is a high school read and this will never work in the NFL and he should. And then he'll go over the top and it's like he should stay in school one more year because of this 50-yard touchdown. So, so it's like he's extreme contrarian, it feels like. Yeah. Right? Acho is just but like, like a everybody's bobbing and I'm weaving. He, yeah, he's a conscious contrarian. I mean, he's, he's out there specifically yeah. trying to craft takes that are the exact yeah. opposite of where everybody else is. I'm honestly actively amazed at the stuff, because I don't follow him or anything, but like the stuff that flows through my timeline on a Monday after a weekend of action, and I'm like, of all the things you saw, that was your takeaway. Yeah, I'm amazed at it. Um, so I would be over-the-top voice of reason guy. I would, just, I would take my current persona and be over-the-top. I don't understand. What does that look like, just being over-the-top? You would never take a position on anything. It would be. Sh it would be. Um, on the one hand, this, and then on the other hand, and then. Oh, maybe that's I it. No I would conclusion. sit. I would be almost like the moderator. Yeah. But I'd be, you know, considered an, an analyst. I'd be like, I, I see both your points. Just Perhaps every time, it's somewhere in the middle. You know, every time they kick to you, and it's like, right, Steve, you got forty-five seconds to get your yeah. bit in now. Your bit would be twenty seconds of one side, twenty seconds of the other side, and then five seconds saying. So in the end, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That would be a pretty funny shtick. With, with some animation. Yeah. yeah like, be real animated. I think yeah. that would anger them. Yeah. Michael yeah. Irvin, first show back, he's like, out of his chair, running around. It's like, I would, you know, you got you to add some of that to it. Yeah? You got to move around. I don't think you can, you can bring your pitch to uh, Michael Irvin intensity. Yeah, that's probably true. Now, you you'd, win, you'd win the spread. I get the spread. The this uh, is Peyton to GMAT spread. 
Yeah, we have a friend in the industry who trains many of the on-air talent. Mm. This is all uh, of them. It seems we may have told our listeners before this is a thing, right? This is um, if you watch NFL Network on a Sunday morning. Yes, this that's is, the place to see it. This the is, best. This is a learned technique mm-hmm. to spread your hands into a position of authority yes. while you're communicating. Yeah. Right. And every now and then you get somebody on the you get an announcer with his hands in, and it's like, oh, I don't want to listen to that guy. No. You got to go widespread. The, the place to see it is NFL Network pregame. They're well trained. Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, these guys are out here trying to outspread each other. You know, full width as far as we can get. Kurt Warner is a master at this. That man has taken G Matt's coaching, I assume, to its extreme, and he dominates the spread. Yeah, G Matt. He's the guy. He's the man. But you have a wingspan advantage for the spread, so you win that. Somebody's asking if I could lift my hands above my shoulders. It's a little snug. Yeah. It's a little snug. Uh, so what's your shtick on the uh, shouty shows? I think I would try and annoy them to the point where they completely lose their plot. You know? Oh, yeah. Just like comedy, snide comments, you know? Like antagonize them with, yeah. with jokes. Yeah. I don't know if you have enough jokes for that, though. Well, no, probably not enough jokes, but I think I can be annoying enough for it. I think I can definitely irritate people into losing the plot. I know that from experience. Um, the, the, the key to the shouty shows is that at the end of the day, nobody likes you, right? There's nobody who watches the shouty shows and is like, man, I can't wait to hear from Skip. can't <laughs> wait to hear from, you know, Shannon. They have mastered the art of trading on hate watching which is interesting oh they've done they've done a great job with that so you have to be unlikable enough that people want you to come they want to come back and see your unlikableness i think i could do that yeah uh, judging from our comments on this show i'm gonna there's say enough people around that hate me to begin with so. i mean pot meat kettle you talk about them we might have some hate watchers over here oh i know we do yeah. I'm well aware of that, judging from the comments. Oh, There's yeah. plenty of people. Some of the comments, you have like legit hecklers in there. Yeah. And I'm surprised. They're like five-year go, you know, plus listeners. Long-term hecklers. Yes, yeah. long-term. Get Sam out of here. Can't right. stand that guy. Mm-hmm. Might be my burner. Maybe. Never know. Yeah. Anyway, that was, good. that was a good question there. Cool. Do you want to do a present now? Uh, sure. That's the way we should do this, right? Segment, present, segment, present. That way, anybody listening or dealing First with First present, presents. do we go... Yeah, it's got to be somebody in the booth, right? For the producers. Yeah. Uh, can we get Eli out here? Yes. Eli first? Eli first. Eli, why don't you come on out for your uh, first present here? Round of applause. Or your, your only present, but yes. well, the first present of the show. Yeah, the first present of the PFF NFL podcast Christmas episode. Because that's what Santa and uh, his elves do. Featuring bad Santa and elves Hand out presents. Here. Here's Eli. Did you know you are going to be on camera? You don't have to be on camera. Well, you don't have to be. No, it's trickier to get you the present. If it's you're not. cool if you just like reach your hand out and we give it to you, and it's like there we go. Right mystery man. Yeah. Happy Christmas. Thank you gonna you. open it up? Uh, this I? is Eli for the yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't work if you don't open it up. That's less of a segment on the show and more just here's a you present. You need more elves to help you with the uh, wrapping, Sam. Well, good. I need somebody to help me with the present, sir. I like the old school like TV shows where they just it was like a box. That was never... one where one end of it is wrapped okay, and the other end was just kind of slammed together and tape put on it. That's how Looks I good. Tend to yeah. Was this uh, is this an espresso? No. No. Oh, God. No. Looks like an espresso box. No. Oh, the boxes don't necessarily correspond to what's within them. Nice Ooh, Bengals a decal. Decal magnet for the Bengals. We get some wrapping in here. What is this? Ooh. Oh hell yeah. Uh, some poppies. Bring those to the kids. They love those. I love Pop. this. Look at that. Wow. Perfect. That's pretty cool. A nice Bengals cup. There you go. Can, we get, a, can we get a who day or something? Who day? <laughs> All right, there we We're go. the Steelers this week. There we go. Look at that. So, Eli, thank you, Eli. It doesn't matter. And for everything you do, Merry Christmas. Um, so, for Eli, we gave him a uh, Bengals cup and Yeah, magnet. big Bengals fan over there. So, we got a little Bengals fridge magnet and a Bengals thermosy, you know, cup mug thing. So, there's our first, uh, first present. Let's get back to some football. You want a, the, a new uh, question from, San- <laughs> from Santa Sack? From the Sack. Uh, this one came in from Benjamin uh, Otiwu. Uh, we've seen the Chiefs struggle more, and we had a second email that was basically asking the same question from Nikki. Uh, I got a DM asking the same question, too. So. Yeah, there you go. We've seen the Chiefs struggle more offensively this year than any other year since Mahomes came into the league. It seems to me that there has been a lack of attention to detail causing a lack of execution. Do these struggles show the importance Eric Bieniemy had in the organization, even if he wasn't calling plays? Other people have made this point recently as well, that like the thing that the enemy was said to do with that offense was 
a real details guy, you know, focused on the fundamentals, focused on all of the nitty-gritty stuff, and that's what's gone to hell over the last, you know, year. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit. The only, the only pushback I would have on that is the 2021 season, which was, I think, on record as Mahomes' worst season, throw for throw, the worst season of the Chiefs' offense um, until this year. The enemy was there. Tyreek Hill was still there. And we were kind of saying the same thing. We were like, ah, the attention to detail is not really there. There, That was more of a schematic, hey, the league has adjusted and taken away the deep ball, and maybe the Chiefs aren't ready to adjust to it yet. And then they came back in 22 and did. So there may have been elements around uh, of that in 21. But, I mean, it's a fair it's a fair question. I mean, I didn't. I don't think Eric Bieniemy is going to – be the thing that makes Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense come back down to earth for the rest of eternity. But there might be some some truth to that. Because every time they try to go downfield, there seems to be a miscommunication. And as a, as a if you're just like an average viewer, you're just like, how can they, like, do they even practice? How, how can they not just run a go ball? But it is amazing. Every time Mahomes keeps it outside, they run it inside. He throws it inside, they run outside. It is amazing how off on different pages they are. And this offense can really only create chunk plays from the screen game or scramble drill. Mm. Um, so there might be some truth to this, and it's worth monitoring, I'll say. Yeah, I would say it probably doesn't help. Um, this is an area where uh, Matt Nagy got criticism in a Chicago tenure, right? Like things started to go away that was that were working before. Um, details, I guess, that, that kind of area was one of the areas that he was getting criticized for. The other thing is, if it's as simple as Eric Bieniemy wit without, you would expect a corresponding vast improvement in this area for Washington, right? And you would expect everything to be crisp, everything to be perfect, receivers not to be screwing up, like everyone to be where they're supposed to be. And I don't. it's not like they're bad at that, but I don't think you would say that Washington offense is now the model of you know, details and fundamentals and everything being correct and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's it's good. It's not terrible, but like you don't look at that and say, this has gone to rack and ruin and this is now the model of this in the NFL. Therefore, Eric Bieniemy is is the master of the details and the fundamentals and execution. Um, I think it probably contributes to it, but it's not the explanation for it all. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably a fair point in looking to Washington. It's just, there's so many confounding variables there too it's a different team you've got a first first year starting quarterback there's just a lot of differences there so um no it's a fair question again I would say like I, like on the shouty shows mm-hmm. you know somebody would say of course it's all Eric Bieniemy. it's the only thing it's only Bieniemy." and someone else would say no it doesn't matter it's just the receivers are terrible it's the GM and I would say maybe on the one maybe hand. you're both right yeah. you're both right it's a little a little bit of both let's Let's just take a step back. Let's not be too crazy here on a Wednesday morning. Let's just monitor this going forward, hmm. right? That would that would be that'd be great for ratings. Don't listen to the opinions right now. We need more information. Yeah, nothing is better for ratings than deep equivocation on every topic. That's what we'll do. That's what they tell you in the yeah. shouty shows. Get me on those shows. All right, this is for you. Happy Christmas. I'm next. Yeah. What about Tyler? But Tyler's after that. There's plenty of time. We've got a whole show to get through. You got this early in the process. I did. So, look, every, as people, as longtime listeners of the show might know, you are not a fan of a particular team like Tyler or, uh, or <laughs> yeah. Eli. You know, you're not, you're not a Patriots fan. You're not, but you're a Tom Brady fan, right? I was like, so what, what, would be a Tom Brady, what would be a Tom Brady-themed gift to get Steve? And I'm like, well, I'm not paying like $180 for a, for a quarter zip. No, for a quarter zip with Brady written on the, the lapel. So I got you this instead, which I think is, is suitable. <laughs> Tell the people what it is. This is, uh, smells like Tom Brady. Yeah. It's a candle. It smells candle. like Tom Brady, apparently. Oh, wow. It does smell like Tom. Yeah? It does. Yeah, it yeah. actually does. Perfect. This is great. How'd you know I love candles? What does Tom smell like? Oh, this. Yeah, what is that? Tom Brady, apparently. <laughs> greatness? <laughs> smells like greatness. This is a hilarious, <clears throat> smells like Tom Brady candle. There you go. This is great. So that's what you get for the Tom Brady fan, not in your life, that isn't, of course you know, it's, isn't a fan of a team. Of course it's 100% natural soy. We appreciate that. Of course. For the lungs. Tom would like this that. This is great. Well, thank you so much, You're welcome. Sam. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, I love candles during... Uh, during the holidays. During the festive season. Yes. What better than lighting up Tom Brady? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. 
It's three. Hey, <laughs> Ash Brock, can you pick that up, please? Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. You're that. welcome. I thought it was when you were when you were getting into it. I thought it was going to be some just like shield related. No, no, like no. an NFL <clears throat> mug or something. Like a Rob Lowe. Yeah. When, when I was looking at it, I thought it was yeah, gonna, yeah like a Rob Lowe outfit. No, no, that's great. Couldn't do that. The chat says it smells like victory. Yeah, that's true. It or like victory, success, greatness. There's many things it could smell like, all rolled into one. It's can a blend. You guys, can you guys update me? Are we doing? I didn't get to type the question. Prize picks today? I see we have a lineup. But it's not matching my document. So let me know. We have any more football to discuss here? Eh, a little bits and pieces. Uh, we got a question in from somebody, uh, Alexander Sander, who apparently is from Brazil. Uh, big, uh, an anti, a Liverpool fan. So an anti-Manchester City fan, essentially. Uh, because apparently in the, well, in the Club World Cup final, Man City are now playing Fluminense from Brazil. Naturally. So he would like me to throw my support behind Fluminense because they're playing against Man City and nobody wants Man City to win yet more things, except City fans, I guess. Uh, but his main comment in the email is effectively to point out the flaws in, in particular, my railing against the officiating this year. Uh, he says, officials are often in charge of keeping an eye on about three actions in the line of scrimmage and then multiple actions on the course of the play development along uh, with running and being careful about their own physical security, then looking at the end of the play and the actions around it. Not only are the rules weird in football, but mechanics are wacky as hell. All this uh, to say his main point that refs are humans who have to make judgment calls all the time, roughing the passer, pass interference, holding, etc. And those calls depend on visual angles and fast image processing from moving parts with whom you interact during the game. It's all a bit blurry and can definitely be wrong, but everybody's held accountable internally or sometimes publicly. Mistakes are considered, but so is consistency, efficiency, and the ability to carry out a game without it dragging on too long with silly avoidable penalties. Uh... Sorry for the rant. Keep up the amazing work and best of luck in the Sports Podcast Award. Uh, best regards. And then he says, F Man City, Alexander. What was the final point? That it's tough? Yeah. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be hard on refs because it's a hard job and they have a lot of things going on. It's, it's a I, difficult skill. I mean, I agree. It's very difficult. I do agree with that. I, I thought he was going to get to, like, they need S2 testing. No. To make, like, I thought at the end of the day, it's like we need to test them better in yeah. these things. My main point is never, you know, officials made mistakes, therefore they stink. It's more everybody's going to make mistakes, but they should, there should be an accountability process. I don't like the disconnect between the accountability for players, which is you made a mistake in the course of playing football, so we're going to take $48,000 out of your paycheck, and the officials, you made a mistake that may or may not have determined the outcome of this game, and we might take a playoff game away from you. Like, that's... That's a disproportionate reaction, in my opinion, to one versus the other. And then the other thing I dislike is because all of those things he's saying, it's difficult. They have to make judgment calls. They're going get, to get it wrong. They're going to make mistakes. We have maybe the most robust replay infrastructure in all of sports attached to the NFL and just don't use it. Like these guys should be empowered to get those decisions right, to fix mistakes way easier Press than button, it is right say, now. Help. Yeah, like there should be a guy sitting there, you know, a sky judge, a TMO, whatever you want to call him, who just sits there monitoring the game as it goes. And if there's an obvious mistake, press a button, it buzzes the ref, and they can stop the game for 30 seconds and fix it, right, before we get on to the next play. We already do that within two minutes, you know, the, the booth reviews, all that. Just extend it to the whole damn game so we're not living with an obvious mistake. The, um, the game against Buffalo-Dallas, right, the fumble that wasn't, they called him down. By the time we looked at a replay of it, to challenge, it was too late. That should have been fixed. There should have been a guy in a booth who saw that coming, hit the button, stopped the play, fixed it. Actually, that's a fumble. It's a turnover. Like that, that's a mistake that the officials made that I don't really hold on the officials for the reasons Alexander says. Difficult job, may not have had sight at it, made a, made a goof, didn't see it, right? Cool. Somebody in a booth should have been able to see that, fix it, and we should have had a turnover that didn't exist because of the system. Yeah, and the, the problem is what you described, too, is like going to the booth kind of happens randomly. There was that, that, yeah. the Texans-Bengals game when I think it was Stroud throwing the ball in the end zone, and they just, before either team could challenge, and before they even finalized their decision, they went to break to review the play randomly, which I don't mind. Like, the going to break part, maybe not. I, I mean, that's, that's like a letting, good thing. Right, yeah. like letting people watch the replay and then saying, nope, we're calling it incomplete. You want to challenge it? Go for it. But we already 
watched it and Fix save the challenges and save yeah, all that. Yeah, I think fixing some is better than fixing none, but it's still a problem because now it's random, right? Let's make, let's institute that as a policy. Like, let's not have this random so that we are at the mercy of this happening or not happening. Let's make it an actual thing that we we create a policy that fixes a bunch of mistakes. Like, why is that a problem? I think there's a line, right? I mean, we saw what happened when you implemented review for pass interference. People keep calling about bringing that back. I too think much. that was an absolute train much. wreck the first time. I understand some of that was a wording thing and sort of saying, look, unless we're 100% sure or whatever, let's stick with the on-field call. But I, I think there might be a line that you don't want to go beyond where it just gets way too messy. But I don't see a problem with having a sky judge, a TMO sitting there next to a TV screen who can just slam a button that buzzes the official that stops the play and in 30 seconds we get a correcting call. All right, let's tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and then watch the winnings roll in. So here's our PFF prize picks lineup for this week. We're going T. Higgins, Cincinnati Bengals, more than 49.5 receiving yards. Jordan Love, more than 236.5 passing yards. And Josh Allen, not of the Jags, of the Bills, more than 24.5 rushing yards. More, more, and more for Higgins, Love, and Josh Allen. Higgins has gone uh, more in more than this number in his last two games. Jamar Chase battling some injuries. This is all from Eli, right? Eli came on camera mm -hmm. here, got his gift, and he uh, whipped up our prize picks lineup for this week. Has he hit any of these yet? I mean, it's... I understand it's Christmas, but but still. Maybe the Christmas miracles do Why happen. Do you have to look Maybe back? this is the one that hits. Why do you got to look back like that? I just, I just, I'm, I'm, this is I'm the looking week. out for Jordan our listeners. Love's gone more, than, As more a, than this number in five out of the last six games. They're playing the Panthers. As a finalist for the Best Sports Podcast Awards, I feel I owe it to our listeners to inform them of the odds. That's you know? why we're in the top 10. That's what I'm saying. That's why we're finalists. That's why we got nominated and we're, in the, we're, we're a finalist. You want to play alongside, so prize picks, that's our lineup for the week. If you want to play alongside some of prize picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can do that. You just find the community plays under the promos tab of the app, view the entries for some of the biggest names in the prize picks, prize picks community every single week. See Kevin Durant up there with a little Santa head. I mean, that's this is fun over at Look at that. Mm. That's special on Kevin Durant here. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy, so the entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if a player who exits the game in the first half doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So we've already explained. We're playing every single week. Love uh, giving Eli this opportunity to create his lineup. This is the week that we're going to win. So you go to prizepicks.com slash PFFNFL. Use code PFFNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash PFFNFL. Use code PFFNFL, and it's a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All right, Sam, what's next here on the show? Are we back to more gifts? Uh, yeah, yeah, back to more gifts. Is it Tyler's turn? Sure. Let's bring Tyler out here for his, uh, for his Christmas gift. All right. All right What's that extra? Is that, that's is just that a your hat. Santa hat? That's, that's a just hat an that came with the Santa beard hat. that I don't need because I have a hoodie. You have a hoodie. Onesie. You don't need the hat. But when you have a Santa onesie, you don't need a Santa hat. It's just belt and braces contingency. Here comes Tyler. Merry Christmas, Tyler. Thank you. You're What's welcome. Your official title? title. King of producers? King of producers. Um, the executive yeah, producer? Video stuff. King yeah, of video stuff. Video stuff. I, I, uh, I described it once as uh, babysitting Sam and Steve. That's true. Yeah, that's a good title. There's some babysitting involved. Yeah. Like when I can't read your comments from 30 minutes ago, you have to babysit and say, hey, read this thing. We got our, uh, you know, the self-assessment year, end of year thing. Yeah. And uh, I was reading my comments from my direct supervisor. And it was, one of them was about communication. It was like, sometimes Sam could, uh, could better see the perspective of other people's arguments or something like that. I'm like, yeah, that's Congrats, 12th year true. in a row you got that, that yeah. feedback. Oh, look at oh, that. Oh, come on. Here we go. That is nice. Little First Energy Stadium. Cleveland Brown Stadium. That. Little wooden, you know. That's nice. What do they call Thank those, you. cutout things? That's going to be worth even more once, the, uh, once they win the Super Bowl Super this Bowl. year. Super yeah. Bowl, be there. There you go. Merry Christmas, Happy Tyler. Merry Christmas, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you so, for everything you do on the podcast. This will be your... Oh, 
Hope it didn't break. We are smashed. That'll present. be your first one next. Perfect. To grab. Uh, we'll do one more thing in football, and then we'll. Uh, you'll get your gift, Sam. Awesome. Maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah. They leave, they, there's not a lobster in there, right? Uh, not this year. You haven't like jammed a in lobster into a years, wrapped... What have we gotten? So last year you made a baseball card of me, but it was you. Yeah, that was great. You was dressed great up present. as me in yeah. a great baseball card, and I gave you two live lobsters. You did, and on they the sat show. right there in the desk for the whole show. So yeah, trying to trying to top those. All right, how about we actually answer some answer some questions from the chat uh, that aren't necessarily uh, football questions, but they are questions nonetheless from our loyal listeners that will presumably be voting for us to win the best American football sports yeah, podcast. Yeah, get your votes in, please. That's part of the deal here, I think. So okay, uh, question from we should really find out how to pronounce this guy's name. Mohal Mojal, uh, best Christmas movie. It's got to be Elf, right, for you. I mean, you're dressed as Elf. No, I mean, it's Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. It's Christmas Vacation, yeah. yeah. I mean, Elf's up there. It's impressive to be to to have uh, created a movie in the last 20 years or so and get it into... The category, right. Right, because it, it's, Christmas is such a nostalgic time. Mm. A lot of people don't want to grab something new. So like the, like the new Grinch or, the El or Elf being even considered as impressive. I'm sure a lot of people have Elf in the top five. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So for us, it's like dependent on is the child involved or not, you know? She likes Elf. And in particular, the, the, her favorite thing of the entire movie is when Will Ferrell is crossing the street and gets run over by a taxi cab. Yeah. Like that level of slapstick is right yeah. up her alley. So Scout loves Elf. We went to see Elf. They re-released it in the theaters. Uh, we had to drive up to freaking Westchester to watch it because apparently it wasn't. It's in all the AMC theaters. Away except the one three minutes from our front door. Uh, so we had to do that. Um, myself and Laura always watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. So That's we would nail our, nail our masks to the wall and say, that is a Christmas movie because we watch it every Christmas. That's good. That's great. Uh, a couple. That's, that's... And then Home Alone, I think, would be a third that we watch a lot. Home Alone is a classic. Yeah. Um, there's a, a couple other movies that have Christmas parts in it that I've associated with the season. So the movie Just Friends. Have you seen Just Friends? I don't think so. Ryan Reynolds. No. Um, hilarious movie. Okay. And a lot of Christmas stuff in there. Um, there was one other thing I was going to add. I, I like the classic It's a Wonderful Life as well. Wow. Black and white. It's going back. It is going back. I don't. Because my parents loved it. My yeah. parents liked it. it was, I don't like a lot of really, really old movies. I, I don't. I don't think they hold up. Um, I have to throw enough. one more out there. Uh, my buddy Mike, listener of the show, threw 8-Bit Christmas at me. Yeah. It's a very recent show, a uh, movie, last couple of years. Where it's a, I don't know if anybody in our, any of our listeners seen 8-Bit Christmas. It's um, Neil Patrick Harris, is that his name? Yeah. Um, it's him explaining to his daughter his quest for a Nintendo in the 80s. So for people like us, you know, old, the older millennials, it's a, it's a throwback. It's a bunch of like 80s throwback jokes and, you know, they've got some hilarious bits and inside jokes in there that are, that are really great, so... We've got somebody in the chat looking to basically bump off everybody in this show. <laughs> I, I need to be axed along with Mike Renner, who apparently was a bad NFL draft analyst. Same as Trevor and Connor. So we, we got to get rid of everybody that's on. I think you might be left standing, though. So Elf over here is just going to do all of the content. <laughs> it's the Christmas FF. season. We, got, we still have haters during the Christmas season. Absolutely. Couldn't, ha couldn't not have them. There was another question in here I saw. Somebody had me pegged as an It's a Wonderful Life guy. That just, makes sense. Yeah. You are, yeah. That's me. You've got that level of sap going for you, I think. I do. I uh, yeah. I don't want to mention. I, want, I don't want to spoiler anything. Oh, there so. you go. That was the question I was looking for. Um, Parker Kavalich says, Sam or Steve, do you have any Christmas traditions? Well, they already mentioned ours, the diehard thing. Yeah, all mine have died now that I've moved away from my family. Hmm. Um, Christmas traditions. I mean, the ones we used to have, we used to, we used to have lobster. Every Christmas Eve. Lobster. That was why I gave you lobsters last year. Um, we didn't go real Italian, like full seven fishes, but we would have lobster. Cutlets? Would, no cutlets on no Christmas cutlets. Eve. But man, I will tell you, on Christmas Day, I'd go to Uncle Anthony's, right, who's now a star of the show. God rest his soul. Uncle Anthony, he'd, have, you know, he'd be in the kitchen cooking, and big pot of gravy with the meatballs and the pork and all this, you know, it's great. <laughs> Manicotti, we, it, was, it was good. Good Christmas dinner. From Uncle Anthony. Some shady people in suits in the in the front room? No, no, no. This one day, he was just family gotcha. man for gotcha. a day. Um, so basically, I, I hung out with Uncle Anthony on, you know, Christmas when he's making gravy, and then Super Bowl when he's, you know, throwing down on the game. So 
that was my relationship with Uncle Anthony. He was a scary guy. It was not. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. I was not. Uh, yeah. Didn't have a lot of one-on-one interactions with Uncle Anthony through the years. Got it. But he could cook. He could cook that Christmas gravy. Yeah. How about you? Christmas traditions. Yeah, I mean, we've got a few. I, I mentioned the Die Hard thing. Um, we drive around on Christmas Eve and look at the lights of the local neighborhood. Oh, that's Scott fun. likes that. Yeah. Um, so your traditions are more like what's happening now with your with your kids. Yeah, pretty with much. Your kid. Right. Because I like I've, I've been away from the sort of my immediate family for sure that long, and because they're because we've always been in different places. Like my family have never been within several hundred miles. Laura's family, you know, in in Ireland, and then so it's been three thousand miles until here. It's a sort of self-contained tradition unit, um, and then instead come hang of out with us, man, yeah, family come hang out with us Christmas Eve, huh? and then we have instead of an elf on a shelf, we decided that was too much of a hassle, right? Again, of course, got to think a lot, right? You got to yeah. have to have a lot of imagination and dedicate some time to it. So instead, we have a little elf door that we just put in the sideboard, and you're like, hey, see, the elves are there; they moved in. <laughs> You know? moved in. Now you don't have to worry about it. The elves are there. You've, you've achieved the same thing. You just don't have to be as creative. Uh, I will say I am, uh, I am anti-elf on a shelf. Never jumped into that. No. I mean, it's, it's a lot. of You've got to commit, I think. So this is a way of not you know, doing it but not committing as hard. Oh, that's good. Just a door like on it. the sideboard. That's great. A lot of fun here. Yeah. Drop your Christmas traditions into the, uh, into the chat if you have any. Um, we going to do more football. Or we no, I mean, am I, I like this is for me, is it? Yeah, that's for you. Right. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Ooh. Merry Christmas to you. This does feel Politics. quite breakable for something that you just threw yeah, across like, the uh, my, yeah. I probably shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have done that. Merry Christmas. Thank you. To Sam. Oh wow. <laughs> this is a frame by frame sequence of me getting stiff armed to the ground when Steve ran in a, a try when we when we did some rugby that's beautiful you'll never forget it no yeah i don't think i was going to forget it anyway but but now i definitely won't yeah, yeah. i'm gonna hang that up yeah I, that should be over there on the shelf we should that should be stiff yeah. arm on a shelf yeah let's let's put it right here so i stiff armed you to hell and oh, um we have a three play sequence yeah there there we go that's beautiful. And oh, you'll never forget it. The, the resolution on the pictures is horrible. Too I, many. It was literally just like screenshotting from YouTube. Right. There's too many lights in this. Uh, Do you want your studio. other present? Because it's like. It's connected, is it? I mean, kind of. It's, you know, just take this too. This is going to be like my knee Because that's something? like, hey, I'm taking, I'm taking a little jab at you, you know, on, when you were down, when you were low. Yeah. But this one. This maybe, one's actually pleasant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Maybe okay. more, more of a high. Oh, what we got here? So, so that's a place for you to hang up your baseball bat and your ball. Oh, I see. And we can put, we have a couple different photos we can throw in there. Yeah. You know, you pitching or you with your 60 miles an hour. We'll throw that in the middle. You hang got, the bat and the ball on that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, we got that right over there. We can, uh, we can get that put up in the studio somewhere. So I figured that was like one of your, one of your victories. Nice. Along with one of your failures. Right, yeah. You know, have both. Well, it's a victory for each of us. One for you, one for me. So there's a couple other pictures. Like I printed... I screwed up. That's like a five by seven, and I printed out a four <laughs> by six. Like we'll we'll get there, but it's um, you know, if you want to put that one out there, yeah. that's a picture of you celebrating. Yeah, your, that's a flattering photo. Sixty miles right there. An hour. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's your gift. That's nice. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Thank you very much. It's not alive this year. No, it's not alive. It would be. It's not a lobster that we sit here, but it's it sits here on the on the studio uh, set as as if it was. It's beautiful. Yeah, I like it. That'll be cool. Once we get the we got the ball and the bat over there. Once we get that mounted, we could actually put that somewhere. Yeah, that could be part of the part right, of the studio, part of our set, the decor. Hang that off instead of the the random cage locker thing over there. We could put that up there. I was Beautiful. a little stressed. I didn't know what to get you because you always you always come up with good stuff. And then um, Kelly gave she was like, "What about something related to our uh, yeah. competitions?" Oh, that's I good. Said, okay, yeah, I that like makes it. Sense. That's good. So Merry Christmas. Thank you. And here's some extra pictures. <laughs> Printed nice. out a few. Yeah, we definitely uh, we definitely scrimped a little bit on the professional photography. Not your part, like the printing, but like this is. Oh yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, this was. We actually needed like a real videographer or photographer photographer out yeah. there, just like I snapping mean, some real 4K high def yeah. magic. It's not the best. Not the best. I mean, I spent mm. I spent three bucks at Walgreens to print those things out. So. Yeah. Anyway. Some might have suggested that you might have been able to get a better quality snapshot had you contacted the professional videographers in the booth over there yeah, who have the higher my resolution. My whole thing is like the frame is the biggest thing. 
we can always circle back and improve the picture. Got so it. yeah, if you guys want to find, if you guys could get some better pictures of me stiff arm and Sam and the whole <laughs> deal, that'd be great. Mm. That would be very helpful. Mm. Excellent. Right, we're we going to give some Christmas gifts out to some various teams here. Yeah, to NFL teams. So I actually gave them a list because you know because I value the award-winning nature of this show, potential award-winning nature of this show. So I I gave them some actual suggestions so they could turn into graphics. You just, like, bought into the concept and and then ignored that. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, So, okay, things that NFL teams need for Christmas. The Kansas City Chiefs. What the Chiefs really need is for the NFL to re-legalize Stick'em so that you don't need to worry about once you hit Kadarius Tony in the hands with the football. You don't need to worry about whether or not he snags it or not. It's going to stick to his hand, right? So Patrick Mahomes can now use his wide receivers not as equal partners in this relationship, but as literal targets. I am going to hit you with the football, and it will stick to you, and it will be a first down, and we win the game, and a Super Bowl. We repeat as champions. Everybody celebrates. My, my feeling is Patrick Mahomes would use the stick him in a different way, and maybe put it onto Kadarius Tony's buttocks. I mean, so that he coat the man. The bench. Coat the man in So he stick never him. even makes it to the field though. No, no, no. I would I would liberally coat Kadarius Tony in stick him. Like uh, who is it? Lester Hayes, the Raiders guy that used to just everything, yeah. coat himself, right? <laughs> so it. literally if the ball hit him, it would stick. And then so so Patrick Mahomes just treats Kadarius Tony as a moving target and just fires the ball at him. Like Peyton Manning with those kids in that ad, right? And then once it hits him, it sticks. And then it's on Kadarius Tony just like pluck the ball off his thigh where it's stuck. That's a good gift. I thought so. That's a so. good gift. I have, to, um, I have to acknowledge, we should acknowledge that um, a lot of different, there are a lot of different sources for drop rate. Yeah. And so while other sources might have the Chiefs number one, we have them third total and Mahomes doesn't have the highest drop percentage, not even close really because he's thrown so many passes. Yeah. Um, I think what's happened this year though is they are high value drops. Yes. They are. He has two drops that have led to interceptions with Tony. One's a pick six. Um, over the last few weeks, multiple drops in the end zone. I don't think as a percentage, the drops are higher than other teams. You want a great stat? Yes. So in addition to drops, we also track a bunch of other reasons for incompletions that are on the wide receiver, right? So there are some plays that I think a lot of people just fold into the bucket of drop because it's the wide receiver's fault, but it's not actually a drop, right? He didn't drop the football. He just didn't complete a catch on the football. So those plays where it goes to ground, for example, I think some places call those drops, even though he didn't drop the football. It just came out once the ground became involved, et cetera. Like you didn't right. complete the right. catch. If, anyway, If it hits your hands, you got to catch it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's your rule. And right? so, so there's some plays in that bucket. Anyway, when you look at the list of incompletions that were receiver fault in our categories, right, which is four or five different um, reasons for that, Patrick Mahomes has lost the most EPA in the NFL for incompletions that were receiver fault driven, right? So essentially, no quarterback in the league has been hosed as much by his receiver core as a collective than Patrick Mahomes, which is what you're saying. It's high leverage plays. Yeah. It's, you know, the worst possible uh, outcomes. And it is uh, those sort of hidden plays that are not technically drops, but are receiver fault. That's why I'm sure Pat and Chiefs fans come and running back to PFF this year. We need you guys now. We need you now that my PFF grades better than my production mm. for the first time. And uh, no more traction PFF. What's we that? need your vote. We're like politicians, you know? We might, we might abandon you later on, but right now we need your vote. Who are, who are we telling we need? Everybody. everybody. All, well, Chiefs fans in particular now, but like generally everybody. Oh, okay. We I need your vote. We yeah. need you, you know, like the, the, the I love how you just drop that at any various point. Well, you have to. Yeah. That's the way it works, right? You got to keep reminded, like the radio thing, right? I every fifteen minutes, every fifteen minutes is a new audience. <laughs> it's true. It's true, especially live here on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, we're, because we're a finalist for the best American football podcast of the year, the Sports Podcast Awards, we See, do need your you vote. Link in the description. Mm-hmm. See, I knew Harken back to Stickham would get Walt back on board. Walt's busy telling stories of the nineteen eighties Raiders. Now, I mean, chat. that was when. Walt's first draft board was like 78, you know. <laughs> You've got, uh, Walt, tell us about the 14-game schedule. What was that like? Mm. Must not, you know, must have been pretty easy as a fan. Getting it must have been mad game. just like you when they went to 16 games. Oh, ruin all the stats. Yeah, ruin the stats from the 60s and 70s, yeah. you know. All right, do you have one of these or do we no, want to go to the next one? Your li- it's, it's our list. Well, you see, if we, if we put one of yours in now, then we could like 
disguise the fact that we don't have graphics for yours, and you could do like every other one would have a graphic instead of having all no, the ones I did up not. front. I, sorry, I came graphic. unprepared. I was so you have no preparation. You have no input in this discussion. Whatsoever. My preparation for this show was putting on an elf costume. Right, that was my preparation. Gotcha. So for this particular topic, you're contributing just reaction to my. That's correct. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So what else uh, you get? Or Santa, anyway. I'm merely an elf. Yeah. I think this is correct. This is the right way to do it. So you're giving out the gifts as bad Santa. Go. <laughs> as Billy Bob. Uh, for Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, their gift has got to be a healthy Lamar Jackson. The last couple of years, everything's come unstuck late in the year when Lamar Jackson got hurt, despite Gordon, the Pro Bowl selection of Tyler Huntley as his backup. Uh, they need, look, they're, they're, they are the number one seed in the AFC right now. They are a contender, and particularly this year, the Chiefs aren't what we thought they would be. The Bills aren't really what they thought what we thought they would be, at least outside of that Dallas game. There might not be, you know, a true heavyweight, and this is a year Baltimore can win the Super Bowl if Lamar Jackson stays healthy. I had to look it up for the humor in it. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a two-time Pro Bowler. Only one more than Tyler he, Huntley. Lamar Jackson, he has one more Pro Bowl than Tyler Huntley. Yeah, and Lamar <laughs> Jackson's been in the league six years started the better part of five years. Tyler Huntley's only been a starter, really, for... Six know, games. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Maybe maybe Huntley's the better option. Maybe you're missing the boat here. I don't think that's if true. If you're just looking at Pro Bowls. Yeah. If yeah, you if you're just at looking at Pro Bowls. No, it's good. Yeah, a healthy Lamar Jackson's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, they've won... The Ravens have won 75% of their games with Lamar Jackson as starter in the regular season. Of course, in the playoffs, they're 1-3. and three. It's early, you know, but we need more. We need more playoff reps. They haven't – Lamar has not started a playoff game since 2020. It's been a few years now because of those injuries. And, you know, it's time. Time to get back there for Lamar, see a healthy Lamar Jackson and what they can do. And it'll be fun around playoff time because there'll be some Lamar Jackson playoff narratives that, that creep back in. The, the stats are not great. The results, as I mentioned, one and three, they're not great. In 2019, they were the number one seed, got upset. At least he got the, the one, though. God, the we were still dealing he did with get, this, like, can't even win a game. He did get the one win yeah. in 2020. Then they lost to uh, Buffalo, I believe. I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's much needed for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they lost to Buffalo 17-3 to after they beat. Who did they beat? Where's my memory? They again? have got all the, like, all the monkeys, the Titans, you know, year. on their backs that they had in terms of can't win a playoff game, can't beat the Chiefs, like, all those sort of things that were being held up. They've at least gotten one game that's rid them of that, so we can't, you know, hold that narrative over them. Uh, but, you know, that's going to, it's going to pop up if the Ravens are sure. the number one seed and if they, they blow it again, if, you know, if Kansas City comes into town or if they don't even make it to play the Chiefs and the Mahomes, Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. And so it's on the Ravens, you know, potentially. If they lose, then, you know, Mahomes plays at home again. I mean, there's, there's a lot coming around playoff time, and you know, a lot of it depends on Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good gift, Santa. Thank you. Santa's next gift from his sack is a giant run-stuffing defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys to stop what happened against Buffalo happening again because <laughs> that, that ruins them, right? If they, find, if they run up against a team – that even isn't like a known running team. Like it's not like Buffalo has this dominant ground game. They're like, oh no, if we if we hit the Bills, we're dead. They just found a team that wasn't going to let their pass rush be a factor, and they got run all over. And generally, run defense has been the Achilles heel of this team for a couple of years. They they have brought in players to address that. They've also gotten better in that regard. But this game showed showed I think that it's still a weakness, and it's still the biggest weakness on a team that otherwise has looked potentially dominant. And I kind of wonder... Are you forgetting about Jonathan Hankins? I'm not forgetting about him. Who missed that game. Yeah, I just think that they need more help in addition to that. Like, And I, I wonder, we saw last year, last year, right, Philadelphia brought in Limval Joseph and his 900 pounds to just, just solidify it for a little bit, you know? Give Jordan Davis a break, that kind of thing. I kind of wonder if Dallas would be in the market for something like that. Like, who is the largest immobile lump we can think of that's currently sitting on the couch? Bring him in. Give him a roster spot. Give him twenty snaps a game, and let's just let's just shore things up. I mean, they have Hank. It, it, Hankins is interesting because the PFF grading is not great for him, but the on-off splits right over the last two years are massive. And you know, like our friend uh, Nate Tice from the Athletic, they you know he's a big believer in Hankins and those on-off splits. Like mm-hmm. he's a big believer in that. And the 
the old adage of, you know, taking two blockers. And I, I honestly, he he's only played be, 140, 150 run defense snaps this right. year. He seems to be quite a big believer in on-off splits generally, Nate. Well, I think I think a lot of times with analysis, it's available. I'm sure some of them are legit. A lot of it's availability, right? So the athletic is connected with um, whatever data sources they have. And the data sources that they have have made it easy to look at on-off splits. Um, at PFF, as a product manager mm. over here, we haven't done a great job of being able to find on-off splits. Had I done a better job of doing that and making that available to you and to our customers, then... You think I would be a big fan of on We might splits. be bigger fans of it. I mean, it's worth investigating stuff, but I think a lot of it might be noisy. I think the Hankins thing's interesting because I want to go back and look at the specific plays and where that where that is. But clearly, I mean, the Cowboys, it's not just that. It's because they're, they, they have uh, Marquise Bell playing linebacker as a 200, he's 205 pound safety sure. playing linebacker. So like those things are. Yeah. I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch is now, Leighton Van Der Esch's spot is now taken up by a much smaller, not as good player. Like that's yeah. a thing as well. I, I, I just think that the single biggest fix they could make is. No, it's a good gift. The, the interesting thing too, with this whole story though, is they, they, they drafted Mozzie Smith who for that reason. Right, who hasn't done that job. And he was, he was rough in the preseason anchoring against double teams right, right? And, and there is something to just anchor against the double team just don't let them create movement just don't let them get to the linebackers Mozzie Smith not great at that mm -hmm. yeah I mean so, I, I, just, I gift, think Sam. they have improved in that area I just think that they could still stand to improve more and that at the moment is still their Achilles heel so big Linval is essentially what Santa is gifting the uh, the Dallas Cowboys Linval yeah. alright big Linval Joseph yep uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles within the same division. Santa is gifting them the 2022 version of James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Oof. Big play Slay, yeah. as he uh, insists on being called. Or, or, or just Slay, like Prince. Or, you know? <laughs> Slay. It's just Slay. There's no Darius. Tariqa like was Darius. battling with that. I know. Last week. What's He's not? like, listen, we were in the meeting. He said, just call me Slay. Yeah. Like Sting. Like, just Sting. Just like Sting. It's not Mr. Sting. It's not, you know, James Sting. It's just Sting. Who's the most quintessential Sting? Is it the, is it the musical artist or the wrestler? I I was never a big WCW fan, so I was never a big Sting guy. So I would yeah. default to the police version of Sting. It's probably, for most people, that's probably it. For me, it's the the face painted, right. blonde haired Sting turned crow Sting. Either way, they both fit because they're both just Sting. Yeah. But he's going for Slay. Yes. Um, Either way, both those guys were playing at a Pro Bowl slash All Pro caliber level a year ago, and for less money. Uh, and this year, neither one of them is playing well. Bradbury just got wrecked uh, late in the game against Seattle. Was essentially the principal reason they lost that game. You know, above and beyond play calling and all those kinds of things. Like he was the guy that got victimized for that drive that that ended up losing the game for them. They need that version. They need last year's version to come back. And I understand it's not all them. You know, the linebackers aren't where they were supposed to be, aren't who they were supposed to be. The defensive line isn't as dominant as it was supposed to be. There's a lot of problems in Philadelphia right now, which is why they're on a three-game losing skid. Yeah, I think, I think the moves that the, that the Eagles have made, because we spent so much time here last year uh, glowing about the move that they made to pick up James Bradbury for the 2022 season. Because, look, Bradbury's career is is fascinating to watch, Sam. Remember, he was in Carolina for four years, and he would go up against Julio Jones a lot. He'd go up against Mike Evans a lot, right? That dude, had, he was battle-tested. He went up against the Saints. He was battle-tested in that division. His grades would kind of fluctuate a little bit, like uh, a lot of corners do. And then he goes to New York, has a good season, and then a bad season. And then after the bad season... The Eagles picked him up for pennies on the dollar. That was a great move. And it was, but then they paid him after that. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like when you, if you buy low and pay low and you get this good reward, it's a great move. And then they went and paid him coming into this off, coming into the season. And he's over 30. You know, he's, he's, it's, it's, it's his 30 year old season. And it's been the worst season of his career from a grading standpoint. Yeah. He's also, he's always had, I mean, we talk all the time about how cornerback is, you know, an incredibly volatile position year on year. The the grading, the performance is going to fluctuate wildly. Even in that, uh, in the in that context, Bradbury has been a wildly inconsistent player for his entire career. Like he, of all corners, has been particularly prone to being either incredibly good or incredibly bad, and bounced all over the place in terms of performance. So, 
coming off his career year, it probably should have been a red flag to be like, hey, is this actually going to happen again next year? Or, you know, if it was one, if he, if he was on a two-year deal, fair enough, right? Let's just keep him around. Cool. But when you knew you had to pay him big money to keep him around, you could question that. Those are the tough moves. If I was uh, consultant GM here, if I was in the seat, we should have done a GM segment. As I Alan thought about actually. it. I did yeah. think about it. Should have it. done yeah. something, especially with the, with the green screen. Would be oh no, green screen with Elf. God, that wouldn't have gone well. That wouldn't have yeah. gone well. That would just be my face, yeah, floating right. Which itself would have been funny. I, I think one of the tough moves as a GM. I think you know what the Ravens did this a couple years ago. Like they they franchised Matthew Judon. And I thought, hey, they'll let him walk, and then whatever it is. It's almost like you double down after a great like high-value move. Do you double down the next year? It's kind of what the Eagles did. They had a great high-value move with Bradbury. And then instead of finding the next great high-value move, a comparable move in letting Bradbury walk, they said, okay, we're going to pay him. And that's where it became a little risky. So in one year, he went from kind of like a great deal to a not-so-great deal because of the way he's, he's performing this year. Mm -hmm. Trying to just bring some real analysis here to your uh, Christmas gifts here. Oh, so I like that's it. what I'm bringing to the table. Um, this one, oh, look, they've, uh, they green-screened you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at that. That's what it would have looked like. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, that's pretty good. That's, that's not great. a bad outfit. I mean, you talk about Rob Lowe, man. This is... That's full uh Let me full turn brand. my head so I get like that. How do I get the NFL logo? Right on your... On my... Yeah, right on your head like on Rob Lowe. Yeah. Oh, they killed it now. It's a shame. There it is. Oh, no, there it's back. There you go. Sit up. Sit up. Sit up higher. Oh, or go forward. Anyway, uh, I had one more that I didn't give them as a there yeah, perfect. There's Rob Lowe oh, right back there. This way. Um, one more that I didn't give them to create as a graphic, and somebody mentioned this in the chat. I think it was Drew Forsyth, uh, and it's it's one we've been talking about all season long. You would gift the Detroit Lions a secondary pass rusher, right? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Anybody opposite or the Jags. Hutchinson. The you've, Jags as well, yeah. You've mentioned the Lions and the Jags as very similar in, in certain ways, and both of them have one very good pass rusher, Josh Allen for the Jags, Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions. Give me that second guy that's going to be productive. I wonder— Then you can make a little playoff run, both teams. Yeah. Um, he's done nothing this year uh, and, and not played that much, but Justin Houston just got cut loose from the Carolina Panthers um, last year. He played pretty well. Like, he brought 42 pressures a season ago, um, only brushed the passer 300 times, had a pass rushing grade over 75. He'd done that the year before as well. He's still just under 35, you know? Uh, like, I, I doubt your expectations wouldn't be high, right? He's played this season for Carolina. Uh, one, two, three, four, five of his games have pass rushing grades in the 50s and had one or fewer pressures. So I, I'm not sure he's going to do anything, but... As a kick to tires move, it's absolutely worth taking a swing at. Yeah, this is officially the lowest pass rushing grade of his career. But look, 2020, Justin Houston with the Colts looked like that was his worst. And he, and he came back last year for the Ravens, or for two years with the Ravens, 21 and 22, as a pretty productive player. I mean, he's aging the way I think a lot of edge rushers should, which is like barely play the run. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, yeah. just be a legit guy. pass rush specialist, a, a situational guy that's going to play four or 500 snaps a year. Um, yeah, absolutely kick the tires on Justin Houston. All right. They really need James Houston to be helped. They do, yeah. Yeah, that would have helped. Right. If they could combine James and Justin into one super edge. Well, that's what's fascinating about the Lions. I don't think it was a team-building failure uh, uh, because they had James Houston and how productive he was last year. Yeah. They had the uh, Aquaras. Oh, dude, sometimes and they had Charles like, Harris, who'd been trending in the right direction. It was like they had five in, in Josh Pascal. Yeah. Like they had a lot of options. Sometimes, you know, that idea of, you know, you diversify your portfolio so that no one thing can kind of, you know, torpedo your your finances and ruin you, all that kind of thing. Like sometimes everything can just turn to crap, right? You can do a really good job of divesting and hitting every single area and making sure like all of these spots so that something is going to work out, right? Even if most of them fail one guy is going to be good and you're yeah. you're fine the lions kind of did that on the defensive line and hutchinson is great and then everything outside of hutchinson didn't work out right and okay Ellen mcneil is the other guy that would fit that and james houston as well but he's like injury to james houston the aquaras didn't work out pascal didn't work out like nothing that they've done at that position outside of that has worked out so consequently they're in trouble but they don't like they haven't I, I think you're right. I don't think that indicates bad process. I think sometimes you can have good process and still get crap results. 
Yeah, I mean that's that was my take on the Chiefs wide receivers this year. It yeah. wasn't. I don't think it was malpractice to go into the season with this group. They're playing horribly, but when you compare it to last year, it's not that different. It felt like you could get away with that. Yeah, I would take a different approach. I would say I want Mahomes to always have awesome weapons, but man, they they proved me wrong last year that they could win and even with a good not great. Group. Yeah, I, the one thing I would say with them is a little bit like the Jets. Like I think they had a chance to potentially. So number one. I think they did put too many eggs in, in the one basket in terms of they're all young, right? And if all, yeah. like a collection of young players is not necessarily what you want, you need some kind of veteran experience to at least figure things out. Number two, when it became clear quite early in the season that this was going to be a problem, I think they could have made a move at the deadline before the deadline, tried to find a veteran receiver that would have ticked some of those boxes. like. Sky Moore has been so bad for this offense, and this hurts nobody more than me, given my pre-draft expectations for him, especially going to Kansas City. He's been so bad for this offense, he shouldn't be playing. I mean, they should be finding somebody, anybody, that can take Sky Moore snaps, you know, away from him and, and be playing instead of that. And Rasheed Rice is going to be that guy. He's getting more of a role. But, like, they could have found a veteran receiver to trade for that would instead be playing 20 pass snaps a game instead of Sky Moore and would almost certainly be giving a more useful contrib uh, contribution than that. Um, so we do have uh, another question from the chat, including from Walt. They want to know what's... Uh, yeah, I saw that. Christmas dinner, Sam. What's uh, on, I got a what's good on the What do you got? You going... Um, we're still undecided. We're, we're going to actually order out for Christmas Eve. Okay. And uh, we got some figuring out to do there. And I can't remember if Kelly was doing something Christmas... Oh, she just wanted like a ham... Pretty simple. And she's got this, like, family recipe mac and cheese. Pretty simple on Christmas. It's no Uncle Anthony's gravy. It's no. We don't have. She did try to make my mom's gravy a couple years ago, and it came out good. She did a good job. Came out good. Okay. Um, so we're not doing anything super special this year. I have ordered an extra large, because Laura's family are showing up, so it's more than just us, an extra large porchetta, Ooh. which is a rolled, uh, rolled pork loin with stuffing stuffed into a belly of pork rolled up as well and tied up as a roast and then the idea being that you get the you slice it so you end up with the outside crackling yeah, yeah. which is the best part of pork yeah and then like thin layers of belly and uh and loin with stuffing and you, you end up with these slices you it looks amazing i've never that? had it i've never tried it i've never cooked it but it looks incredible, and I've wanted to for quite some time. So how are you going to... So uh, Christmas you, is the time. When you need to cook something like that, are you going to YouTube? Like, what are you, you grabbing just a recipe? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'll just Google porchetta recipe, okay. cooking instructions, whatever. Okay. It doesn't seem difficult. Like, I've seen, you know, vague references to it. It's pretty much a roast. You just fire it in an oven slash smoker. And that's what you have? Yeah. Nice. Lamb. A lot of people talking about lamb. I also... So lamb. I ordered... My I family ordered, doesn't like lamb. I would crush that though i ordered the christmas meat right we got the porchetta i got a a stuffed flank steak as well just for a different meal and then they had lamb bacon which looks lamb bacon yeah so oh, i got man. something i had to try I'd eat lamb anything this all sounds good i wish i wish i mean my kids just want pasta all the time and nobody wants anything <laughs> good so it's just me i mean i made like a leg of lamb one time my wife doesn't really i think i just it was for me you know, like a 50 dollars just a leg of leg lamb of, yeah yeah Made it for those me. are great. I might do that again. Those are great smoked, like barbecued. You know, yeah. they do. They do. They barbecue really well. I could use some more smoker. I have uh, suggestions. Scout loves steak. Like she, yeah. she just loves steak. She That's just good. like she would just like a, a, if if you asked her what she would want for like Christmas dinner, she would want like the rest of the Christmas stuff, like stuffing and all that kind of crap, and then just like a fillet. I'm like yeah. eh, okay, I mean that's I applaud that. It's good. And she likes it medium rare as well, like well, uh, properly done. It's one of those I don't want my kids to like steak for a while. Yeah, because it's, it's expensive. It's too many. Right. There's too many of them. Just yeah. keep eating pasta, kids. <laughs> be great. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other gifts to give out? That was it, right? No, I think we're done, right? Is that it? We went over an hour. It's a good show. It's perfect. We, um, so before we go, though, um, Tyler and Eli want to reveal our gift, apparently. Yeah, we didn't know they were doing this. I did not know either, but I just got, I just got word in my ear. Um, here we it's, go. It's coming uh, up it's on the screen. It's going to pop up on the screen. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. It is going to be <laughs> a Sam and Steve bobblehead. They're giving us a bobblehead. And when you look at the uh, the model that it's based on, so it's going to have our, our head superimposed on this somehow. Um, but the model that it is based on is some giant 
person it's his dad and his and son his, and his child. Yeah, which is you and me. Is that Grant I, I, Hill? I wonder. I wonder which way around it'll be. <laughs> it'll probably look a lot like the picture that we posted on social media right. to preview the show of Elf and Santa. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, we. Um, At least I wasn't smiling for it. I think that's appropriate now. We got tricked into uh, sending headshots. Yes. To Tyler yesterday, right. which apparently is going to be used for these bobbleheads. Uh huh. Man, this is great. I'm now happy that I wasn't smiling in those photographs. I think that would make it worse. That, yeah, that, that's that's much better. Yeah. I should see. I should have like a big smile. I don't want to be dad. your yeah. I don't want to be your happy son holding holding your hand in this bobblehead. Oh, all I know is we've we've got a lot more uh, paraphernalia for the uh, for the podcast here for the set. So yeah. thank you guys. Can't wait to see that. I've always wanted a bobblehead. Never got to, never had my own bobblehead night or anything. No, the Spalding people didn't hook you up. Was that Spalding? That was your glove? That was my glove contract. Yeah, yeah they didn't make bobbleheads. They don't heads. do bobbleheads? No. no. They they gave me gloves. I bet they would for like A-Rod or they whatever. They gave me gloves, some, some shirts, but they were my glove provider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a contract promising three grand or whatever if you won the Cy I Young. I was going to make 2500 as the Cy Young <laughs> and maybe 3000 if I won MVP, I think it was. <laughs> I wish I'd have to find that contract somewhere. Yes, that, is, that should be framed. That in should the absolutely somewhere. be framed. Like if I could, if I won Cy Young. You got Shohei over there with his seven hundred million dollar contract, and yeah. you it was going to get three grand if you won MVP. Yeah, that yeah. would have been that would have been a nice little bonus. Yeah, after winning sure. Cy Young. Yeah, I think you could have topped it with some other things, but it would have been nice at the it's, you know for a it's moment. Just, it's such a funny thing because I think so many pro athletes have like they're like Jake Browning probably what we've learned about him he really thinks he should be starting in the nfl yeah probably like deep down believes he's like a pro bowl like tyler huntley caliber quarterback pro bowler you know he probably believes that like i never believed that i just i was like man if i could just pitch a day in the big leagues i'll be happy like that was the goal right and other people are like man i'm gonna win cy young like never crossed my mind until spaulding said hey here's 2500 if you can do it the uh well it's like you know it's like cutlets right tommy cutlets Tommy Cutlets, I think, has a fairly acute awareness that he probably doesn't have an extensive future in the NFL as like a starter. So that's why he's out here still like doing signings and, you know, showing up at, oh, at maximize. sandwich joints and stuff. Like the man is like now is his 15 minutes of fame. Get out there, get bank while you can and then bail. Um, the chat is asking if we when that bobblehead arrives, if we can turn that into the new podcast logo. That would be pretty Instead hilarious. of just our faces, it's, you know, giant Steve and his son. We'll Sam. have to. Uh, we might have to consider that. Yeah. That is great. Oh, that's fun. All right, can we wrap this up so I can get the hell out of this Santa suit? It's too hot. Yeah, that's it. Great Christmas show. Appreciate everybody. Uh, you guys are really our gift for uh, Christmas season. Um, and be sure to vote because we are finalists for the best sports podcast, American football podcast. Uh, so the description, it's in the description. The it's link. in the description. It's my pinned tweet. You should make it your pinned tweet as well. Uh, we should make it as, as available as we can. The link, you just click in. Click on our our uh, podcast logo to vote, and away you go. Um, it was a little clunky doing it on my phone. Yeah, phone isn't great. It's a desktop. It's not the best website in the world for doing this. Please desktop. do it on your desktop. Desktop, it's easy. Phone, it's a little bit of a pain in the hoop. Spread the and spread the word. All right, so we got a real show tomorrow. We're going to preview all of the Week 16 NFL action, all 16 games. All right, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all the fun stuff. We'll see you again tomorrow with more PFF NFL podcast.